Hello, my name is Lily Hugenberg and welcome to today's episode of The Pursuit of Positivity. Before I begin, if you can interact with the podcast in any way, shape or form by giving it a like, a rating or a review or hitting that follow button, it really helps my podcast grow organically. And I'm so grateful for every single one of you who have done so, so far. Also in the show notes of the podcast will be in my socials. So if you would like to message me or follow me for daily positive content, that would be amazing and you're more than welcome to message me and just have a chat if you'd like or to maybe if you're struggling with something at the moment and you would like to hear an episode on that topic feel free to message me and I will 100% create an episode tailored to what you are maybe struggling with at the moment which I think is going to hopefully help you out. So for today's episode I'm going to be talking about the seven keys to better mental health. Now mental health wow that's a that's a big phrase I think we hear it all the time like oh how to improve your mental health like mental health mental health basically it's just about having a mind which is doing good things for you (laughs) not one of those minds that is constantly telling you you're worthless all those horrible things you don't want to hear you want to have a mind that is healthy one that is has got stamina one that has just got durability one that has just is there with you to help you it's in line with you and it's happening for you and with you and it's helping you out you know your mind is something that is so powerful as we all know and we need to make sure we are keeping it healthy and mental health is something that is in decline for a lot of people and we know this because well we all know it that the things that are happening these days you know the rise of social media all of those things completely are linking to people's mental health and the decline of that especially things like the last couple of years of well when we had covid going on that has had a huge impact on people's mental health and people being brought back out into social settings has just completely changed people's mental health and we know that mental health issues have been on a rise because the average amount of phone calls to crisis hotlines have gone up by 300 percent 300 percent that's so much compared to a few years ago and that is when we're thinking about okay how can we improve it now the seven things i'm going to give you may not be the most groundbreaking stuff that is going to change the world but god it will it help you so much (laughs) these seven steps are so vital especially step number six and seven but these steps are so vital as i've said to improving your mental health because it talks about being more open more honest and just spending some time with yourself in the right way So let's get into it. So number one is if it still bothers you after 24 hours, speak up about it within 48 hours. Let me say that again. So if it still bothers you in 24 hours, speak up about it within 48 hours. Now this can be to do with a relationship. It can be to do with any work problems. If you're thinking about something that's happened and you know, after 24 hours, sometimes you have had time to think about it and you've realised that maybe you were in the wrong a little bit or maybe that the situation isn't, you know, you win some, you lose some, maybe we can just kind of 
not bring this up as much but if it still bothers you 24 hours later you're still just as annoyed or you're still just upset about something that maybe someone said at work or something your partner said or someone in your family has said or done if it still bothers you make sure to talk about it to that person or people within 20 within 48 hours sorry you know it could potentially blow up and it could potentially cause an argument but if you ignore something it doesn't make it go away because ignoring something is just we know what we do we brush it under that rug we keep going we keep brushing it and brushing it and before you know it (laughs) that rug is humongous and we are tripping over it on a daily basis which is not something that we want so if it still bothers you within 24 hours I think this is a good idea to think about it because we what I say to myself is I have an option of if something happens to me that has hurt my feelings let's say I get a bad result on something or I have had a huge argument with someone else I give myself a give myself 10 minutes or I say to myself and I make this a very clear cut process I say right I'll give myself 10 minutes to be upset I can give myself a day or I can give myself a week or a month but it never really tends to be that it depends what it is really so I give myself 10 minutes a day or a week basically to be upset and let this affect me because after that amount of time I'm going to do something different and stop being upset about it or stop being annoyed or angry about a situation if I haven't spoken to someone about uh, spoken to the person or the people who have done the problem or who where the problem is lying with I will let myself be upset or angry or like express those emotions within for either 10 minutes and I'll say to myself right here's 10 minute timer I can scream I can cry I can let it all out for 10 minutes and then I'm gonna say to myself I'm moving on if I can't control it I'm moving on or I could do the same thing for a week or an hour or a day or whatever it is I give myself a limit I say hey if I can't control it I can't control it but I know that I need to be upset about this for a second so let me be upset and be and cry and scream and do what I need to do and then I go hey you know what you can't control it you've had your moment let's move on with our lives and it might sound like it's a bit of a cutthroat thing but it's not like I only give myself 10 minutes every time depends what it is if I can give myself a day I will and I'll just be upset for a day and I'll say you know what I come to my senses and understand that this happens for a reason I'm upset for a reason I'm being upset for a day I'm moving on now because I can't control it and as I've said if it still bothers you within 24 hours speak up about it within the next 48 hours because we don't want to be brushing those things under the rug until it's built up so much that we're tripping over it because that never really works out well for anybody and we all know this number two is getting better at expressing your feelings which links back to from number one so a part of being a human being is that we're so lucky to be able to have these emotions and just these this huge range of emotions one day we can be sad one day we can be happy the next day we can be angry there are so many emotions that we have that we are constantly expressing but sometimes it's a bit difficult and we don't understand how to do it so we need to understand that we need to let it out if our if your body is at ease when you're not holding things in because when we're holding things in, as from step number one like if we keep brushing it under the rug if we're holding it in if sorry if we're not holding it in and we're letting it out our body is at ease but 
That then means if it's at dis-ease, that is when we're not releasing things. Our body is then at dis-ease, which can turn into disease. Now, I'll say this all again because it can be a bit complicated. So if your body is at ease, this is when you know that you're not holding things in and you're not constantly keeping things inside. You're letting them out. You're expressing your emotions. That is when your body is at ease. But when we're holding things in and we're not releasing it, our body is at dis-ease, which can lead to disease because when we are so stressed and really anxious and stressed, there are biological links to this. It can mean that, and um, you might not think this is very true, but there is a whole entire book written about the link between our body being at dis-ease and linking to disease. And it, this, this book is called, um, what's it called? The Body Keeps Score. That's what it is. The Body Keeps Score is a book that links disease with dis-ease in the body and how that can relate to each other. But when emotions are suppressed, it can cause stress, which links to the biological side of like high cortisol, which can weaken the immune system. So we need to get better at expressing our feelings because we don't want to get ill. We don't want to have a disease. We don't want that. We want to be healthy. We want to have a good mental health. We want to be in a good space in our lives. And that means expressing our feelings and knowing the way to do this, not apologising for expressing your feelings. There are right and wrong ways to do this, obviously. We don't want to be screaming at everyone constantly if we're upset about something. There are right and wrong ways to do this. But have you got a person who you know you can just vent to if something's happening? Have you got a person who you know you can get good advice from? Could be the same person, could be different people. Understanding that different people have different qualities that you appreciate in their life, that you also appreciate is such a big thing. Understanding who you can go to, what your tactics are when it comes to this is so important. When you understand that you need to express your emotions when something bad has happened and getting better at not keeping it in and letting it go and causing some ease. We all know that, you know, once we've had a good old cry or we've vented it out to someone else, you all, you, you always, always feel better about everything just after you just let it all out and you feel better so we need to get better at being able to express our feelings maybe this is finding a person who you know is that kind of person in your life who you are able to express these emotions to you who you are able to vent to really important thing for our health and we need to be making sure that that is a very prominent thing in our lives So that is number two. And number three is linking to this one as well. It's getting better at asking for help. We all need help at some point. And we cannot be in this day-to-day life and realising that you can't do everything for everyone else. That's just not possible. You cannot do everything for everyone else. So we need to understand when that it's okay to ask for help. And it doesn't make you look weak. You know, there's just this massive culture of people thinking that when you don't ask for help, you're stronger. But it may look like that to other people. But by doing that, by helping other people first, you are going to damage yourself. 
weakening mental your mental health and by doing this you are as the metaphor goes putting on their oxygen mask before you've put yours on yourself which is so dangerous you need to understand that you can't help everyone else until you've helped yourself getting better at asking for help can make yourself stronger internally another thing is if you keep trying to help everyone else without with putting all of their things on you you are pouring your glass of water into their glass and before you know it you've got an empty cup and you are going to have to really you're going to have to take a long time off of being in life because you're got you'll have to try and fill that cup up again and it happens slowly and we don't want that if you're constantly pouring your glass into someone else's cup like your water into someone else's cup because you think it's going to be good to help other people which is which is brilliant i'm not telling you to not help people but it comes at a risk there's a point in your life where you need to understand that pouring your cup into pouring your water into someone else's cup will take away all the water in your own cup and you're going to be left potentially in bed for weeks because you are sacrificing your mental health just because you want to help other people and you haven't asked for other one anyone else's help sometimes you need someone else to pour their water into your cup but we need to understand that we need to keep a good balance of this water ratio to understand that when we are helping other people we are still keeping stable ourselves so getting better at asking for help is a huge thing we need to ask for help when we are struggling we say hey I need to know who the people in my life are that I can go to, who I know will support me, who will comfort me and will help me when times are, you know, not not going so great. And it's really important to understand who these people are in your life. As I've said, this is a reoccurring theme. Having good people around you can really help your mental health, but it can also do the opposite. If you don't have people in your life who are there for you we need to be able to understand how to find these people how can we maybe find friends of friends who are going to be those people maybe you have family members who can be those people who you can talk to who you can vent to who you can ask for help so important so that's number three number four is start treating yourself like someone that you are responsible of taking care of I'll say that again. Start treating yourself like someone that you are responsible of taking care of. If you look at yourself as an external person, you are this like um, third party almost. You are someone who is someone that is worth taking care of. You are responsible for taking care of yourself. Like you're fully responsible for that. That is your job but we just don't seem to act like that at the moment we don't seem to feel like that's a real issue we don't seem to we prioritize other things basically but we need to make time to prioritize ourselves so important to prioritize ourselves at times when we feel like our mental health isn't doing great and i can literally sense all the people who are in their head saying right now but i have school i have work i have children i have a family i've got a spouse i've got p- 
pets I've got whatever I've got so many things in my life that I'm responsible of taking care of I don't really have time to take care of myself as much as I'd like to that's okay and I understand that there are things in life that you know you're you're gonna have responsibilities but as I've said from before that water in the cup that you have there's you can't pour your cup if your cup you can't pour the water from your cup if your cup is empty there's no way so you need to make time to prioritize yourself in order to be able to take responsibility and take care of all those other things so what does self-care look like for you what does filling up that cup look like for you what does it look like? Is it maybe going out with some friends, talking to them about it? Maybe it's reading a book, whatever it is. How can we make sure that we're prioritizing ourselves for a good amount of time a week or a day or however much you can? You need to make sure this cup is so full that you're ready to spread it and love everyone and help everyone if you've helped yourself first. The same with this oxygen mask. There's no way you're going to be able to put other people's oxygen masks on if you're going down in an airplane if you haven't been able to put your own your own on first that's the advice they give you when you're on an airplane make sure you put your own oxygen mask on first before helping other people you need to prioritize yourself and understand what self-care looks like for you because you know the media has this incredible view of what self-care looks like and it's all these things of you know, taking a bath, having a shower, washing your hair, painting your nails, going to the gym, whatever it is. What is it to you that makes you feel like you're filling that cup up again? Maybe self-care is eating nutritious meals on a daily basis, drinking two litres of water a day, whatever it is. What makes you feel like you are prioritising yourself, you're taking care of yourself and you're responsible of that? What makes you feel like that? Number five is list things that you like doing and do that more often. Sounds so simple, but it's difficult. I did this recently, actually, and I thought this had really helped me mentally. So I made a list. I said, what when I come to the end of my day and I'm sitting in bed with my journal at the end of every single day and I'm thinking, what makes me feel like I've had a good day? what makes me feel like today was a success and that I'm happy with how today was a good day what makes a good day a good day and for me personally do not take this as what it should be this is just what I personally do I think right if I've woken up and gone to the gym this morning if I've drank two liters of water that's a great thing you know what I'm actually going to get my list out and I will read straight off my list of my, I have a habit tracker, which I literally just searched up on the internet, and I tick it off, and once I've ticked these things off, I know that I've had a good day, and sometimes other days will be better, like some days I will literally have just done one of them, and it might have been a really bad day, but I made sure I tried to do these things, because I made a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven things that I enjoy doing. These things make me feel happy once I've done them, which is so important to make sure I have understood what makes me happy in my day. For me, it's if I have 
being active on my pursuit of positivity Instagram and TikTok account, that makes me happy. If I've read my book, that makes me happy. If I've tried to have one hour of screen time, this is quite a difficult one for me. Something I'm trying to make happen a bit more often. The next one is going to the gym. Another thing is yoga, meditation's another one. Two bottles of my water bottle, which is a litre. Talking to my grandparents, talking to my parents journaling, meditate, sorry, journaling, walking and running. These things make me happy. And obviously I'm not going to do all these things in one day. Some days, you know, there's no, there's one day. Okay. You know what? On the, it was on the 4th and the 10th where all I did was journal. (laughs) That's all I did. I couldn't do any of the other things. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I had a really rubbish day, but I know that if the more stuff I've ticked off on this list, on a daily basis, then I know I've had a good day because I know I enjoy these things so much. This makes me feel good. Doing these things make me feel good, which means I want to be able to do more of this. And by having some sort of a habit tracker like this doesn't put pressure on it, but it almost incentivizes me. It kind of pushes me a little bit to make sure that I'm getting the stuff I love done. And the things I don't love, they're not my priorities. The things that I hate doing, you know, things that I know that I'm not loving doing, they're not on my list because it might be necessary and I don't talk about that stuff, but (laughs) this stuff is the background things, you know, after all the daily chores are done in the day. These are the things that I'm trying to incorporate as much as possible because I know they make me happy and I know they improve my mental health. So I'm wanting to include them in my routine as much as possible, which is something I really recommend is making a list of all the things you like doing doesn't have to be 12 things initially this list was about three or four things long now it's around 10 things long because I've understood myself a bit more throughout this process of understanding the things that I like doing so I have a list of all the things I like doing and that is as much I try and do those as much as possible because to improve my mental health I know that I need to do the things I like doing that's how you get a good mental health for me personally but make a list and see what you, how much you can, how many, how many ticks you can get a month. Maybe I went to the gym about 15 days. That made me happy. Whatever it is, just try your best. And hopefully you will see that you will feel like you're having better days because you're doing better things in those days. So that is number five. Number six is more silence. This links to meditation for me. I really try and do a lot of breath work. I have learned from one of my yoga teachers that meditation and breathing is so vital. We're with our breath all the time, every day, all day long. We need to be in silence more often. Now, how many of you put your hand up if in a week you spend five minutes in silence, which is not in bed? And if you're putting your hand up, that's great. (laughs) But it's so difficult to spend that much, no one, when do you ever think, you know what I'm going to do, you know what's really entertaining, I'm going to sit in my room in silence for five minutes, just doesn't happen, why would you ever do that, but life is so busy, we all know this, life is so busy, and being in a moment of silence is so rare, but I think it's quite sad to think that we aren't in silence more often. We need time to process things. To be in silence is just to be with yourself for a moment, which is difficult. But for your mental health, it can really help you out a bit because you just need to spend time with yourself in silence. It's a huge one. 
And that's a really big one for me personally, I think. And then number seven is to journal. And you might be switching off now and going, no, I'm done. (laughs) But listen to this one, it's so important. When you're ever feeling stressed out or anxious or overwhelmed, write down how you're feeling. If you're feeling happy, write it down. I have had a journal for the last three years that is in a little pink book in my bedside table that when anything has happened in my life, I've put it in that book. Like anything big, when I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry, whatever's happened, it's in that book. Because I know that when I've written it down, it becomes clearer. And when things become clearer, they are easier to solve. If I'm stressed out about something, like a work assignment, I write it down and I go, you know what? Actually, I can control that bit. I can't control that bit. And I can't control about that bit. So the only thing I can control is the top bit. So let's have a look and see what I can do about the thing I can control. And it puts things into perspective. It makes things clearer. It makes things easier to solve. So that is what I have for you for today's episode. These seven keys to having a better mental health are so vital. They sound simple, but they are so so important to having a better mental health especially the last three things I think are my absolute necessities in my day-to-day life that I'm trying to incorporate a lot more which I think is really positive so that is why I have for you for today's episode I hope you enjoyed the episode all about the seven keys to a better mental health if you can interact with the podcast in any way shape or form that would mean so much to me and that would be great if you could just hit that follow button and message me follow me whatever you want to do with the socials down below in the show notes really appreciate it so i'll see you again with another episode very soon